the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. That's just not for contests. If you have questions about your financial situation, please don't be the person who's shy and doesn't call. Be the person who does call. That's my advice. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um we could talk a lot of stories about PG&E recently and Cal Fire getting cleared from one of the big fires. One of the big fires. It's, I think, worthy of note. Um, we'll talk about that. I, I can't analyze that. And that's one of the things you have to, to know. No analyst could figure out what a judge or court's going to do down the road to a company. Um. You know, the market has been kind of going up and down in the last couple of days. I, I, I really, really don't want to call it a, uh, a trend, um, but it's something that we're kind of seeing, right? Is that fair to say? I think it is. Um, kind of a, the markets are up on the futures based on what somebody said in Davos. The markets are down on the futures based on something an economist said. So today's today's a fine day. We're in good good spirits. Uh, Dow component Intel. Now De- Intel was not always Dow component. It wasn't part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average Thirty, which is a funny way to judge the market thirty stocks, right? They disappointed investors with a fourth quarter report that was light on revenues. Okay, and guidance was also kind of on this on the softer side. Intel's problems are being treated. Mostly it's Intel's problems, though. So, But they had a revenue warning that was tied to intensifying trade and macro issues with China, right? So if Intel saying they have a problem with China and Apple saying they have a problem with China, you start extrapolating that other companies will have a problem with China. Starbucks and Western Digital had fine quarters. Um, better than expected, or better than people had feared because of potential China issues. Western Digital makes hard drives. Starbucks has stores in China. So there's a kind of a star. Uh, I'm not going to say Star Wars. There's kind of a, a a theme going on of how did you do in China? How did you do in China? How did you do in China? So <clears throat> Starbucks and Western Digital kind of distracts us, and we go with that. There's something called a healthy distraction, I guess, and that would be it. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin reportedly said the U.S. is making progress in China. You're driving me crazy, Trump administration. You got Ross yesterday saying that we are miles and miles apart with China. or miles, We have miles and miles to go. It was funny listening to the analysts talk to 
uh, me again yesterday, and they kept coming back to that phrase, you know, uh, what exactly, how far is miles and miles? So Ross says miles and miles, and Mnuchin says making progress. Um, Commerce Secretary Ross had a dark characterization yesterday, and today it's a lighter characterization. It's tough to say, throw your chips in on the table and say this market's safe and it's good and go, 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 go. Negotiations in the Senate to end the shutdown are said to be picking up after two failed votes yesterday. You started seeing some Republicans say, yeah, 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 we will reopen the uh, government short term so we can negotiate. And they gets everyone their back pay. Uh, and it, it's a, they're moving in that direction, it looks like. I God, I'm so tired of talking about the shutdown, right? It's not my strength. I know you say, let's talk football. Let's let's. Well, football's not my strength either. That's the problem. I could talk money, and right now, money is l boring with uh, politics. And in politics, it should probably resolve itself fairly well. Big shortage of truck drivers in America. That's one of the headlines that I saw out of Walmart. Walmart's willing to pay big dollars, $90,000 a year to drive trucks. Uh, so you, when you see people like Elon Musk say we're going to try to figure out self-driving trucks, it would fill a need. It would fill a need of you know long-haul transportation that you could do maybe in the middle of the night. Maybe it's a little safer for some people, or maybe you could figure out some routes that are incredibly safe. I don't know. Um but the median salary for a truck driver on a national irregular route is $53,000 a year. So the fact that Walmart would be paying almost $90,000, $87,500, supply and demand. So <clears throat> that's worthy of note out there. Now, of course, Walmart got into a truck accident a couple years ago that injured a comedian. And they got that going on for better or for worse. So anyway, let's see what we got right now. We got the markets are up. Uh, top story of, oh, <laughs> top story of the day is the U.S. stocks are rallying. Sure. But I think there's still this this thought in the back of people's heads about threats to equities and what they are and what they aren't right now. And again, it feels like the Trump administration with China. That seems to be pretty crazy. Back in November, December, we got a little Fed crazy, but we seem to have backed off that, right? Because the interest rates are lowering themselves because money's fleeing into them, pushing rates lower. Don't have to pay out as much if people are really freaked out. So the U.S. economy, equities are overweight, according to Citigroup. City's year-end price target on the S&P 500 is 28.50, implying about a 9.5% gain for this year, and about 8% higher than right now. So they're saying we should take a look at the markets. They're saying look at capitalization, look at the fact that equities have kind of paid back already some of Trump's fiscal stimulus introduced in 2017. So look for more moderate returns. I think 9.5% rate of return would be pretty great because um, we've had this era of stock outperformance, and it just it feels tired. So to imply 9.5% gain from these levels, not too shabby. 
But we still have that China issue. We still have the Brexit issue. We still have Trump impeachment issues or Trump Mueller issues is a more fair way of saying that, I suppose. Um, but that news is going to start leaking out. Investigations don't go on forever, and you don't investigate somebody this long and have nothing on them. So I don't know. That's all I'm going to say there is that I think it's going to get kind of interesting on the stock markets. There's some more stuff for us to work through. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. You can find me on the uh, YouTube, Rob Black Show, uh, Twitter, Rob Black Show. And you can find me on the Facebook at Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. It's that time again, a little SJ Barracuda. You can find what my next topic is, the San Jose Barracuda, online at sjbarracuda.com. Um, lots going on, lots of hockey. It's that time of season. We're grinding towards the playoffs, and it is a fun time to watch. We get the all-star break in both leagues coming up. Let's talk to Nick Nolenberger from the San Jose Barracuda. Nick, how are you doing? Good. What's going on, Rob? Good morning. Good. It's. Uh, I know for the NHL, it's it's a big thing. San Jose is hosting the All-Star break. How's that play into what the Barracuda are doing these days? Um, the, the real factor is probably the, is is the way the schedule breaks down. Um, okay. Is uh, you know also the fact that we got a couple players back from the Sharks. So the Sharks are off for about ten days. Um, San Jose is hosting the All-Star game. It's the first time they've hosted it since 1997. So it's pretty exciting to have. You know, all the, the top players in the NHL and in the world, uh, you know, in Silicon Valley in San Jose. Um, there's a lot of festivities going on downtown. Um, the convention center is hosting a fan fest. Um, they've got the skills competition tonight. I think it kicks off at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time. And then the All-Star game will be tomorrow. The main factor for us is the fact that the Sharks don't play. So that means anybody who's on a two-way contract, so that means on their first uh, deal that they've signed as a professional, allows them to go up and down without clearing waivers so we received a couple players the other day when the sharks finished up their game in washington and so they'll be in the lineup tonight for us which is exciting as we're uh we're on the road here in grand rapids michigan i'm just looking outside right now it's snowing and uh it is around about seven degrees so we're, we're in hockey country and hockey weather you're gonna you're gonna really really be happy to come back to san jose even if it's raining in the next couple of weeks right <laughs> Exactly right. I think you got to come out to these places, make you appreciate home, and uh, we got it pretty good out there. That's for sure. <laughs> How far east do the uh, Barracuda actually play? What's their furthest east game of the year? So this is this is kind of it. We, uh, you know, right. the last couple of years we played outside of our division, which is the Pacific. We we'll do it a couple times a year. Um, so last year we came out here to Grand Rapids as well. We also went to Winnipeg, um, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, their NHL affiliate, the Manitoba Moose. They play out of the same building as their NHL team, just like the the Sharks of Barracuda do. They're the only two teams in the league that do that. So we did that last year. This year we won't be going to Winnipeg, but we will be going to uh, Des Moines, Iowa later this year. I think next month we'll be in Des Moines. 
Um, so we'll go Midwest, but that's about as far as we go. We play about 90% of our schedule within the Pacific Division, so we're not going farther east than, than Tucson or, or Colorado. So, um, you know, not too much travel out here, but we'll get a couple trips. And, it kind of, it's, you know, it's a good thing. I think the guys enjoy to get some close to where most of them are from. So, you know, they'll have family in town here tonight. And um, after the two games this weekend, it goes into the AHL All-Star break for, for three days. So a lot of guys are going home or, or they're going to um, – they're going to Las Vegas on the way home or what have you. A lot of guys have different trips kind of planned um, to get away for a couple of days. So since I've been talking to you for a few years now, what's a road trip like in Des Moines, Iowa? Cause you're going to be calling the game today at four o'clock and then tomorrow at four o'clock as well as on AM 1220 KDOW until you get back home in Feb- early February, February 2nd. How do the guys bond? Do they play Xbox? Do they go to bars? What's the off the road uh, scene like for an AHL team? Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, the, the running kind of joke is that the hockey players are different than they were back in the day. And, and what I mean by that is that they're, they're all hockey all the time. Um, you know, these guys, the way that they treat their bodies in terms of what they're eating and all the different stuff that it takes to be a pro. I don't think there's as much, uh, you know, I don't know, as much going out, I guess. It, you would say that the late night kind of the living the hockey lifestyle, that's kind of faded out for the fact that unless you're on your game and you're in tip-top shape, you aren't going to last even in the AHL. So, you know, guys enjoy themselves. Definitely they go out, and, and you know, I think that's a huge part about bonding. But on the road, you know, they'll play – I don't know if your kids are into it, but they'll play Fortnite. I know that a lot sure. of these young guys, we have guys who are 20 years old, they're playing Fortnite with their buddies back wherever they're from because you can do it over uh, online. And, um, you know, they're, they're hanging out, getting food. Um, but, yeah, they'll go out from time to time. You know, it's, 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 I think it's so important for these guys to be around each other and build those relationships because great teams like being around each other. I think that's one of the best parts about this group and the reason why they're at the top of the division is the fact that everybody on the team enjoys being around each other. So um, this is a good little town um, for, for uh, you know, there's a couple of different colleges here. There's a lot of young people here. So um, definitely a good kind of vibe in, in the town, and I know the players enjoy coming out here. Well, thanks for joining us, Nick, and have a good road trip. I'll promote some of the games coming up because we want to fill up that stadium when you do get back. Thanks very much. It's Nick Nolenberger with the SJ Barracuda, San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the NHL San Jose Sharks. I love a good Barracuda hockey game, especially on a weekend. Um, It's a pretty tight-knit group. They're having a pretty great season. A little bit of slippage recently, but we're not going to say anything negative. We're going to say it's a pretty great season to be where they are. Pretty good position. Uh, Next home game. They're on the road until... February 2nd, home game against Stockton Heat, 1-15. It's a Saturday game. Then they have a home game against the Wild from Iowa, February 5th, Tuesday the 7th. You can learn more at sjbarracuda.com, sjbarracuda.com. I love hockey. I grew up watching it, and uh, my brothers loved it, and it was a family bonding event. And quite honestly, it was it was different than basketball and baseball, and it was a refreshing sport that was unbelievable in person. Even going to a hockey arena is kind of nice because you get that that cool feel off the ice. Back to my world. You can learn more about the Barracuda at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. And do listen to Nick make the call today and tomorrow at 4 p.m. on AM 1220 KDOW. Mark Zuckerberg's in the news today in a New York Times article. And anytime Zuckerberg's in the news in a New York Times article, it makes you go, hmm. 
Facebook chief executive officer in the news. He's talking about uh, basically putting WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook messengers all on an incorporated end-to-end encryption for their apps. The three services will, however, act as standalone apps, but they're going to be using encryption all together. The company is still in the early stages of the work, and they plan to complete it by the end of this year. Facebook is facing 2019, where 2018 got into a lot of bad press. And by bad press, we got into, is this good for us? Does it need regulation? We have Apple coming out and saying, you should be able to see your data and delete your data. Facebook saying, we do a business where we use your data, but we do that upfront with you. They shouldn't sell it to individual companies, or if they do, they should let us know when it goes to outside their hands, per se. And we could say yes or no. I don't know. It's, it's such a, a re- I'm not going to say it's a ridiculous issue, but it's such an issue that Facebook is facing. So a New York Times article is kind of big news. I do like the New York Times, by the way. If you if you get 10 free articles a month or if you pay for the subscription service, I think it's awesome. It's nytimes.com. Their business section is a healthy competitor to the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Times, and Barron's. The Wall Street Journal indicating that the Fed also may be getting close to the end of its balance sheet normalization effort. Uh, stocks have been slower this week. Today, they're higher. Cyclical sectors have outperformed. Defensive-oriented sectors are underperforming. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We talk insurance sometimes. We talk real estate. We talk interest rates. We talk things like savings and not overspending and vacations and ways to save money and credit cards. Sometimes the economy, sometimes stock picks, but right now real estate, let's bring on Tony Mendez from Bay area, real estate.com. It's Bay area, real estate.com. How are you, Tony? Good. Good morning. So I just saw you last night at the seminar and uh, we were talking some topics while everyone else was in doing the seminar events. One of the things you and I talked about was selling and taking equity elsewhere it's kind of what, I'm not going to say rich people do, but a lot of people I know, people who are wealthy, ultimately do that topic, selling and taking equity elsewhere uh, through a home equity line of credit. What do we need to know? When I first moved to California and I started to get to know some of the family members and uh, friends that um, you know I grew up with, they, they were they were talking about these houses that they were just keep moving from one to another. They would fix it up and move to another and fix it up. And I, I kind of started grasping that concept that, that people have spent a lot of time in California and, and especially people who have seen appreciation, um, quite a lot of appreciation. In fact, have, you know, they kind of move that equity um, from one place to another. So, so what we're seeing now here in the Bay area is we're seeing a little bit more inventory hitting the market. We've actually seen about 65% increase in inventory or active listings that are hitting the market. And that's kind of a sign that we're seeing people are trying to capture some equity. Um, now, it's not a big flood of inventory hitting the market like we saw back in 2008, 9, 10, and so on. 
Um, but we are seeing more activity. So we're starting the beginning of the year as, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, in a healthy way. Uh, and then but these people are, are trying to figure out where to move. But we're getting people moving down to San Diego, a lot of people moving to San Diego. We're seeing some people shaving off some equity uh, and then, you know, buying some investments, you know, throughout the state. We're seeing a lot of people move to Portland and Seattle. Um, so it's kind of the, you know, the forefront of, of the people who are, you know, the baby boomers who are taking advantage of this equity. It's interesting that we're talking about it the way we are, because you just brought up, I'm seeing a lot of people move. And I, I okay, what am I seeing? I'm seeing a person moving, a single guy moving to Phoenix. I've seen families move to Austin. I've seen families move to Portland. It is kind of a weird trend, because I, I don't think that was something that was, I, I, I was a military family, so I saw families move all the time. But I don't think most people are used to seeing people and families move and use an equity from their home to get maybe a little bit more house rich elsewhere. Um, odd trend, right? Well, it, I, I think the other, another reason why we're seeing a little bit more of it now is, is the guidelines for lending is, are loosening up. We, they're not quite like they were back in 2000, you know, the, the heyday you know, back in 2005, but um, the guidelines are loose enough for people to, to figure things out. Rates, a lot of people are saying, you know what, I'm going to get sell my house while it's high and the rates are low. Um, who knows if prices will come down and rates will go up or vice versa. So there, it, it's kind of a good combination of events happening right now for people who want to sell. Moving on to another topic, because uh, we like to bounce around. 800-516-1220, people can find you at... Um, uh, Bay Area Loan Source dot com. It's Anything you want to talk about, you can talk about. Uh, drop him an email. Um, other topics that we can hit on with real estate at this point in time is the existing home sales. From the reporting that I've done on television, it's pretty. I don't go very deep in the numbers, but existing home sales seem to be seeing some inventory build, um, and the demand's still there but it is slackening for sure on a month-to-month and a year-to-year basis. Is that what you're seeing in your loan processing? Yeah, and one of the, a lot of people ask us why we talk about new home sales. It's because it is one of the front indicators of what we're going to see in existing home sales. Uh, home sales for new home sales, uh, we're seeing a lot of discounts in their pricing. In fact, the, some of the biggest discounts we've seen in many years, up 20 35%. In new in sorry new homes, so they, trailing that will be your existing homes. You've always seen um, that relationship and existing homes hitting the market. A lot more inventory is giving. See, I look at this in a positive way. I've, I've had a lot okay. of people go, "Hey, well, we're seeing a lot more inventory at the market, but sales are down." That's not a really good combination. That means it's kind of stagnating. A lot of people thought more inventory hitting the market would be a more buyers mentality, but we're not seeing those sales. So, but what we are seeing is more opportunity, more people are being pickier. I think it really does lend to a good spring where we do see the most of the activity of the year happen in the spring where people are trying to get ready for, you know, the summer or, you know, making some moves for school and things like that. So I see it as opportunity where people have more choices. I would not read too far into this yet until we see the days on the market start really creeping up and, and um, you know, our, I think our national average right now is about three months of inventory. If that creeps over five or six, then we start looking at why is this happening and how is this going to affect the uh, overall economy. 
you and I had a pretty interesting conversation yesterday as well that I want to rehash a little bit because I was, guess I was kind of pre-interviewing you a bit, is why don't deals get done? A lot of times what I hear you say to me is someone wants to get it all done and then their, their end messes it up. But also, I kind of learned yesterday from you that sometimes it's your end. It's sometimes it's the loan agent who's a little bit too stubborn to to find the right product, which is one of the reasons I like you because you get the job done, you get the loan done, Tony Mendez. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that real quick of yeah, that, why loans don't, don't get done. On my website, it does say something like I get loans done, but um, it could be a, a number of reasons, you know. And, and for those buyers out there, the people who've done or or haven't done a transaction in a long time. Um, it's gotten a lot easier, and, and it, there's still a large percentage of people who get frustrated through the process, and they drop out. Even though they qualify, they still drop out. Uh, it shouldn't be that way, unfortunately. It's hit and miss, and if, unless you're using somebody that you've been successful with before, another a loan agent um, or a bank. And uh, a lot of times it is the, the loan agent, unfortunately, that just doesn't know what they're doing. And that's just the real estate market in general. It could be a realtor. It could, it could be a loan agent. Uh, unfortunately, we always find a way to try to criticize the other side. Like, oh, oh that realtor just doesn't know what they're doing. Or they, they say the loan officer doesn't know what they're doing. In fact, I met a realtor last night and said, hey, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to be calling you because I don't really like my loan officer. Um, so it's, it's, they're really quick to, you know, flip to the other side. Um, fortunately brokers are put through a pretty strict, or, or let me just change that loan officers in general are put through a pretty strict, uh, training process and, and, um, recertification and education on that every year. So the, the broker side is getting a lot of business coming from the banking side. And I think that's where the new business is going to be for the next you know, phase of this real estate market. Um, but as far as things that cause problems with loans, it's, it's, it goes, it's a two-way street. Um, we've seen clients be the problem, and we've seen lenders be the problem. We've seen um, the, the house be a problem. We've seen sellers be problems. So it could be almost anything, and it takes an experienced uh, team to really make sure everything uh, works through. But I would not get discouraged if I was looking at a house today. Sounds good. People can find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Thanks, Tony Mendez. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We talked a little real estate there. It's an interesting time. Um, trying to get a loan done. Standards are a little easier than they were, but at one point in time, they were, so, they were way too easy. And then in the last few years, it got a little bit tougher. It does ebb and flow. I don't dislike real estate. My opinion is that real estate is a liability, but it's a great idea over time. But in the short term, if you don't have the cash flow, you quickly learn that it's a liability big time. I've seen more people go bankrupt because of bad real estate decisions than, well, maybe only second to medical expenses. Why do people go bankrupt? Medical expenses and and leverage debt. So that's that's what I see. Coca-Cola is not going to be at the Super Bowl this year. Dun 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 dun. Do you remember how many years you've seen Coca-Cola commercials at the Super Bowl? So they're pulling back from the Super Bowl after an 11 year opting to run a commercial just before kickoff and that's it. CBS is seeking 5.1 million to 5.3 million for commercial packages. Um have they lost their 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 pop. 
the commercials. A lot of people are very, very angry <clears throat> with the Super Bowl this year and plan not to watch the Super Bowl. I love boycotts like that. Do you know how many people will say to me, I used to really like your show, and then you said one thing bad about Sun Microsystems. I'm never going to listen to you again. But yeah, Coca-Cola is only going to run one commercial, and that's before the game. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Buffalo Wild Wings will be there, I bet. And I say, I don't even know if I care anymore. It seems like the commercials got a little bit, I don't know, maybe they're just losing it for me, right? So the Super Bowl is in the news. Ticket prices are dropping. One of the cases of travel. It's pretty tough for Ram fans to travel all the way to Atlanta, whereas it's a little bit easier for Patriot fans. So ticket prices are falling because... They don't have two sides that are as passionate. The Ram fans, uh, if it was St. Louis Rams, then, whoa, the, the ticket prices would be much higher because St. Louis is so much closer. But because it's L.A., L.A. doesn't have much of a, a stickiness to it at this point in time. A lot of times when the, the Rams played, the visitors had just as many people in the seats as they did. Um, so ticket prices, there's, just, there's not the com- compelling fan base argument at this point in time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Not a big day for market stories, to be quite honest with you, and that's okay. It gives you a little time to reflect. I like the beginning of the year for that exact reason, figuring out what you do with your trust, figuring out what you do with retirement, figuring out what you do with your kid's college. There's a good website called savingforcollege.com. I've been saying that for a few years. It's still a pretty good site. Donald Trump in the news yet again. Um... President Donald Trump said Thursday that community businesses, including grocery stores and banks, will likely work along with federal employees impacted by the partial government shutdown. The government shutdown is still in the news, and this is a lot of people. And the politics gets kind of crazy over the weekends. Just throwing that out there for you, because you get the uh, during the week you tend to get the the commerce secretaries rolling out, and he's not saying exactly the right thing. Um, or the way he's saying it seems kind of just disingenuous, or maybe it just comes across as wrong. 34 days now, and today is Friday, and today is one of those days where people get paychecks. So don't expect that paycheck is kind of the reality that you're getting at this point in time, right? Um, And you and I both get it. So we're thinking about that. The three major stock markets jumped out of the gate this morning. I don't put a lot of weight on day-to-day. Otherwise, every time I go to break, I'd say, the S&P 500 is up one point, is 2% up 26 points to 26.69. The NASDAQ sitting at 71.51, up 1.1%. I'm not that kind of person, and I don't think you want that kind of news. If I see anything out of the ordinary with oil prices, with volatility, volatility is dropping right now. And we're drifting higher. If I see anything with a dollar, with gold, I'll talk about it. Um, but I tend not to be very data-driven as far as telling you the minute-to-minutes of the markets, because I just want to see if we're in a healthy market or not. And right now, we're in a market with just a lot of question marks. Ten-year Treasury, is it's low again. It's time to think about the getting a mortgage or refinancing a mortgage or thinking about it. Because in a year or two from now, when prices on real estate maybe go down, maybe mortgage rates will go higher and you'll be like, oh, I wish I would have 
I wish I would have taken that price drop. I'll take a low rate for 30 years way over price sensitivity. And that's all I got to say about that, right? So the government shutdown is hurting Bitcoin. I am not a Bitcoin kind of guy, but Bitcoin's designed to operate outside of control of any government. And the cryptocurrency's expansion is a new class, asset class, kind of an alternative to alternatives. I don't, I, what do you say on Bitcoin? Uh, the government shutdown now appears to make it harder for the financial industry to add new products as they have to go through the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Same thing we heard yesterday with um, Southwest Air- Airlines and their ability to fly to Hawaii. They got to get government clearance. The government's shut, being shut down. That paperwork's just stacking up. And you can see how it hurts commerce. And like, but we got to protect our borders. That's your. Oh, that's on you. I'm just telling you the, the reality on shutdowns and how they hurt commerce. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. A lot of negativity came out of Davos this weekend in Switzerland, big economic conference where you'll see interviews with the strangest people, and you're like, Floyd Mayweather's there. Why is he there? Well, he's a financial heavyweight. Dun, dun, dun. Air traffic controller shortage delays flights at Newark, LaGuardia, and Philadelphia now. Busy airports are thinning out a bit. Do you see how it hurts commerce? Like I said, not a lot came out of Davos positive. And then you got the shutdown, which is it's, it's not a lot of positives are coming out. Um, so the news, I feel like there's this underlying Paul. Roger Stone, who is a Trump associate has been arrested on seven counts, including lying to Congress and special counsel Robert Mueller's probe. Instantly, the White House says this has nothing to do with us. But Roger Stone, a longtime political advisor to President Trump, has been arrested in Florida. He faces seven counts, including wiretapping, witness tampering, obstruction of justice, and making false statements to Congress. Um, the indictment alleges that Stone had been in contact with top-ranking Trump campaign officials about efforts to leak damaging information about Hillary Clinton just before the 2016 election. So this isn't tied towards the Russian probes, I don't think, <laughs> unless there's a backdoor tie. But people with direct knowledge of the matter um, say that you know Stone would reach out to Steve Bannon, who served as CEO of the Trump campaign during the election's final stages, and... Laws got broken on the Hillary Clinton campaign side of it. The reason I bring that story up is not to get political. It's the last thing in the world I would want to do. The reason I bring that up is someone close to Trump is going down. And over the weekend, we're going to go, I wonder, 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 I wonder. And maybe you and your spouse will say, I wonder if we should maybe step aside and see how this plays out. We keep hearing about a recession that is nearing, whether it's coming out of Davos, whether it's coming out of CNBC or Bloomberg or even this show. Um, recessions are normal and healthy events, and you have to go through three or four of them to know that. So that's in people's minds at this point in time. Um, so back to the Roger Stone indictment, the fact that Steve Bannon is tied to it makes it even kind of more fodder for the political television shows this weekend. Oh, there's not a lot of great stories out there. The Dow climbs 300, heading off towards the fifth straight week of gains. So we're starting the year off pretty well. Interesting to note, all right? Let's not get too excited. But 
interesting to know we're having a good start to the year. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.